Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, uh, security is a pretty popular topic in the news these days. Yes. In fact, there was just a big story out over this past weekend. Yep, more cyber attacks. Yep. Cyber attacks on a U.S. pipeline that yep. may mess it with gas prices. <laughs> Shutting down gas lines. Yeah. Not good. So, and I don't want that to be a timely thing. I hate that we have a timely story, but <laughs> we, are, we are getting ready to talk about security and mm-hmm. cybersecurity and mm-hmm. secure transfer of information, security yeah. with devices. Very important in our channel. Critical. Should be very important to our VARs. 100%. But I know some of them sometimes are a little bit sketchy about how to get involved in that conversation. Yep. So, we have a great guest with us today. We have Stan Zawicki from Honeywell. Yep. We're going to talk a little bit about why. Vars may still be reluctant about getting right. into that conversation, yeah, yeah. Uh, incorporating security into their tech stack. Yes. Uh, what are they missing out on by not doing so? Yeah. We're going to talk about some of the questions and topics that you can bring up with customers mm-hmm. uh, in order to, you know, to, to help facilitate that conversation, prepare them, and give you a good footing to start off on. And we'll talk a little bit about how Honeywell helps out in that sphere as well. With our I VARs. think it's a great topic, something so. something VARs should definitely be interested in. So definitely yes. yep. all that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. As I mentioned, our guest today is Stan Zawicki. Stan is the Product Management Director for Software at Honeywell. Stan, welcome to the show. We appreciate having you on today. You actually kind of brought this topic to us, and it was something we wanted to talk about, so I'm glad to have you. But tell us a little bit about your expertise at Honeywell, your role, your day-to-day role, and maybe kind of how you have come to understand the security world so well. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. First of all, uh, it's really great to be here and, uh, uh, and talk about such an important subject. I've been with Honeywell for over 19 years now. I've I've had the pleasure of working across multiple Honeywell divisions. Over the last uh, roughly six years, I've been in our division, uh, productivity uh, solutions and services, and uh, I, I've I've been responsible for our our scanning offerings, our printing offerings. But over the last going on two years now, I've been very focused on software for our mobile computing solutions. And uh, to, to answer your question about you know, what I've really come to know about security and some of these offerings, well, uh, I'll tell you when I first came into this role, one of the things I figured out pretty quickly was that there's not a lot of common knowledge around the mobile computing solutions and what's really important as it relates to security and the life cycle. So uh, the life cycle of solutions. So. I've been really focusing on this and and helping educate people on you know what's really important as it relates to the life cycle and security of mobile computing solutions. What are your options and you know, hey, why does it even matter? Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, awesome. what we've seen in the channel becoming more and more prevalent. I know Honeywell has been dedicating more and more resources around the software angle, mm-hmm. security. So great conversation. I'm sure yeah. we're going to have today. Definitely. Well, let's get into it. We wanted to, you know, to maybe help our our audience uh, find out how you can add security into your tech stack, how you can make it a part of your conversations. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's start again with, you know, as we referenced before, there's still some hesitancy around this. Yeah, there's totally. a lot of ours that think, hey, this 
this isn't my bag. Right. I don't know that I want to get into this. I don't want to get involved in potential liabilities around mm-hmm. being part of the security conversation. So maybe I'll just leave it to somebody else. But you, you might be leaving some money on the table mm-hmm. doing that. Um, well, you definitely would be leaving money on the table. Mm-hmm. But, but Stan, I kind of want you to talk about, first of all, you know, why do you think VARs may be reluctant about discussing or incorporating security into their solutions? And, and maybe as an extension of that, what are they missing out on by not doing so? Like where, where, what's happening to them and their business? What, are they, what could they be doing uh, that they're not, if they're not already using or getting into security in their solutions? Yeah, sure. So two-part question there. One, why uh, have so many of ours been reluctant? And then second, what are they missing out on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've seen various things, but definitely some common themes here. You know, software and security is always an evolution, and um, it, it it's continued to grow year over year for many years. And if you're a VAR that's been around for a while, you know you probably didn't get started with software and security as a focus area. And I think that's that's led to some of the reluctance because the software and security just hasn't been their expertise, right? So, um, and a lot of folks haven't picked it up over time as much as maybe they should have because it's been such an, an evolution over time. And now it's it's gotten so important that it, it's become kind of an issue for some folks because they're they're afraid to be wrong now. It's it's really important to customers and and, and thus bars. And sometimes they're a little concerned or afraid that oh, my customer is going to ask me a question and I'm not going to know the answer. Or maybe you make a recommendation and you were you were wrong about it, right? Um, and then a third thing that I've seen, and this may be the most dangerous one actually in terms of business sense, is this uh, uh, kind of a perception that you know the the software and security really isn't my responsibility as a VAR. You know, it's up to the the end user or an ISV to figure those things out. And uh, that's a really dangerous spot to be in because you can make yourself pretty irrelevant. Uh, if, if you have that kind of thinking. So those are some of the things that, that I've seen around reluctancy. And, and as I just started to describe there, that leads to some of the things you're missing out on because if, if you're thinking that way or you, know, you haven't really gotten into this yet, well, the other folks that are, are providing more of an end-to-end solution for customers. And the folks that are doing that are more relevant. And um, yeah, the, the folks that aren't are, are losing out. On, on opportunities. So it's really important that um, as of our serving serving customers that have software as any part of their solution that you know at least a little bit about security and, and what the software solutions are that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of that complacency might also, I'm going to throw on the table, sometimes the passivity of, of a VAR mm-hmm. comes actually from the end users themselves, their customers, because a lot of times their customers, their you know, perception around security is is just as bad, right, <laughs> shall I right. say. Their disposition is just as bad, meaning they'll throw out things like, well, I don't have the budget for security services. You know, we don't really worry about that because I don't really have the budget for I've it. I've got Norton, right? That's right. all I need, right? <laughs> Not knowing that the average cyber attack I was reading now costs a company on average $200,000 to make it go away. So wow. so what do you mean you don't have the budget for it? You don't have the budget to sustain you don't have the budget a, to an attack. Up. Or yeah. maybe their disposition is, I'm talking about the end user. You know, my data, no bad actors are going 
going to hack into my why would they want to hack into ours uh, and, and get that but you know if you have a denial of service cyber attack again another another statistic I'll throw out here average payment to make that go away $178,000 I don't know what this pipeline is going to have to pay oh. or if, even if they did it but but you know I mean those are t- so you if you got hesitancy on your customer as the reseller there you know your customers are a little bit hesitant you know you have to be able to navigate that and break that down and paint a picture of why it's important. I think Stan's, you know, hitting the the mark here that it, it is kind of an evolution, but at the end of the road, resellers should know, you know, they should arm themselves a little bit with some of this information and, and you cannot put your head in the sand. Security is a part of the mix. I hear here, Stan, I agree with you. If you are a solution reseller, you got to have it in your mix, yeah. right? Well, yeah, and just what you were mentioning a second ago, those, some of those statistics, that's the kind of stuff I feel like you walk in to someone and tell them, hey, maybe you don't think you have the money to do this elaborate security setup. Mm -hmm. Do you have $200,000 to take care of a uh, a hack? Uh, no. Do you have, you know, $100,000 to pay off a, a ransom? Uh, no. No? Okay, well, what, what's do, you have, do you have 50 grand to set up a, a security system that'll run, you know, that'll or get you through what you that. need for the next few years? Yeah, yeah exactly. Who knows? Less than that even, yeah. Man. There's no reason not to. And the other part I thought here is too, is, and, and Stan kind of, you know, referenced it as the idea that, you know, we, we preach all the time about the tech stack here You're on right. the podcast. Yes. Everything we do, we're always talking about, hey, yeah. there's no reason to just be a device mm-hmm. reseller. There's mm-hmm. no reason just to like, hey, I got mobile computers. Whatever else you want to do with it, that's on you. Yep. I'm just giving you this device in a box. You turn it on and figure out figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming most resellers these days don't just do that. Mm-hmm. If you did, you've probably been all absolutely a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, and if you're still surviving, good luck, you know. Yeah. But you know, it's it's that whole that whole idea of like, hey, we got to have we got to have uh, software. We've got to have the the recurring revenue of you know if there's any kind of consumable aspect, if there's any kind of maintenance aspect, all this stuff that keeps building in that helps you grow your base, hold on to the people you're working with that feel like you're indispensable to them because you have everything they need to get by and you're the first person they know they can they can call for any challenge. Mm-hmm. Well again, security can be part of that puzzle. And to Stan's point, if another VAR comes walking in there and says, hey, we do everything mm-hmm. that guy does, but we also will take care of security for you, yeah. what reason do they have to stick with you? Yeah. Yeah. So. so we got the hesitancy, Stan. Let's dive a little bit more into that what they're missing out on, you know, because I think you touched on it a little bit here. Um, but there's there's some real stuff that they're missing out of. Obviously their their competition walking in and providing that, but there's some upside here too as well right through SaaS services and stuff like that but maybe just talk to a, a little bit about what what a reseller who's not in the security business today what are they missing out on what, what are some things there yeah it, beyond the obvious part of missing the, the customer and the overall opportunity uh, because someone else is offering a more complete solution yeah when you are offering that complete solution uh, th- there are several things that you add to your portfolio and, uh, and I don't want to make it seem like there's a one size fits all, but there, uh, because it's not, but there are some pretty common uh, things here that most customers need that uh, a VAR would typically offer. So, uh, you know, you have things around software maintenance, whether that's your, your firmware like Android, or maybe it's some of the, the applications. Uh, these are all recurring revenue streams as well, which it, they're good for customers because in a recurring revenue stream model or a, a, a service, uh, it becomes more of an operating expense for the customer. And that's just uh, a better financial um, 
means of managing their business because you don't have to put as much money in upfront and it's a lower expense that you just pay over time. And that provides more stability for the VARs as well because now you have this steady recurring uh, revenue stream. So uh, you can get that through the, the firmware maintenance. You can get it through uh, the purchase of, of applications and the maintenance for those. And it's becoming much more of a, a sort of an accepted and common model to have that that, that sort of offering. And, and there's a good reason for it too. You know, it's not it's not just because corporations want to have a recurring revenue stream. That's actually not it at all. Uh, the, the thing is with security these days, you're never done with it. You, know, mm. you can't just install a piece of software and set it and forget it. Every single day, the bad guys find a new way to breach software. So there's this ongoing development and maintenance effort that has to go into the software. And that's why you see these, um, these maintenance offerings. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. And we, you know, obviously as a distributor, we, we try to come to the table with partners because you're right, Stan, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about this as a reseller. Mm. What partners, which we've taught, talked ad nauseum about how to do strategic partners and right, stuff right. like that. But definitely security is one of those because, you know, I'll use a word here, Stan, it, it, it does add to the stickiness of the, of your customer. If you're a reseller and, and you want to, provide a true end-to-end -end solution that is sticky, you know, security absolutely is one of those things that you cannot set it and forget it. It is ongoing all mm -hmm. the time. So if you do it right, if you have the right partners and you truly have a nice solution that, that is valuable, you're going to add some stickiness to that, to your whole solution yep, that you're providing yeah. to that customer. Well, the hackers don't have just one set of tools that they're coming after you. No. They don't, like, you, you, think? Don't, you don't just do one thing and put that shield <laughs> up and they go, oh, oh, darn, I can't get these guys now. No. <laughs> <laughs> like it, they're always evolving and changing too. And security is always evolving and changing. You know, it, it, just when you think yeah. you've mastered, you're like, all right, we got all this stuff blocked off. This guy's like, Hey, I've got the new, you know, geekly bot worm coming your way, you mm -hmm. know, that we just, we just put together, you know, and, and now you've got to adjust for that and deal with that. Marco's mm -hmm. giving me a, a strange face for saying geekly bot. I don't know <laughs> if that's a thing or not. It should be. <laughs> it could, but it will it be could now. Be the name Thanks. Of a, Zero yeah. day starts right now. <laughs> right. People are going to think I'm like the hacker, you know, I'm the right. hacker extraordinaire. Uh, well, well, Stan, let's kind of talk then, you know, let's, let's give our VAR some tips here by giving them some, maybe some of the questions that they should be asking their, their customers to help understand what's going on in their 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 world help them mm -hmm. understand the need to have a partner like them to involve to involve them in the security world and, and mm -hmm. run security for them mm -hmm. so you gave me four great questions i'm going to give you i'm just going to give you each of these questions one by one and let you kind of elaborate on what that question means why we're asking it and maybe like what some of the answers that you might be given can help you know elaborate on on what your recommendation and your solution to them might be so the first one is okay. how long would you like to keep your devices so Stan, what, what does that question mean and why are we asking it? Yes, yeah, so we're talking about the, the life cycle of the devices or really a better way to think of it is, is what does the customer really need and expect with their solution? The devices are just one component. So it's a little bit of a, a loaded question. Actually, a couple of the questions I gave you are, are loaded questions. We'll talk about each of them. Uh, the how long the customer wants to keep their solution around is a, a very important decision to make that that is going to influence what the best solution for them is in terms of device selection and th there's no wrong answer to this by the way you know if, if the customer says you know i, I only want to have these devices around for two or three years 
they're quote throwaway devices. I'm, you know, I'm just going to replace them after a few years. It, that's okay. Uh, some customers will tell you that, well, I want to keep these devices around as long as possible, you know, five years, seven years, or, or even uh, maybe not just the devices themselves, but the software that they have that's going to run on the devices, they know they want that software to be around for a, a very long time. And so depending on which answer you get from the customer, that really needs to shape what you're going to recommend to them in your mobile computing solution. If they're only going to keep the software and devices around for a few years, uh, okay, choose uh, a more common device that's out there. They're a little bit lower cost. Uh, you don't get as long of software maintenance and they're not quite as much of a, a platform, but that's probably a better solution for them versus the customer that needs to have a very stable platform. Okay, if and this is a lot of customers, if that's their, their situation, then you need to make sure you pick a device that has the security and life cycle that's going to support them well into the future. What, what you don't want to do is to make a rec recommendation or make a, a sale to the customer, and then three years, four years down the road, they come back and they're painted into a corner and now have to start replacing software or devices because they no longer support the um the best available security, right? So this is why that's such an important decision. It's probably the most fundamental first question that, that you need to ask is really understand what's the customer's expectation and need around how long their devices and solution need to be in operation. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, pick up some clues, like look around the place when you're yeah. when you're there, because some might say, well, we're, you know, a couple of years or so yet they, they have devices <laughs> that they've been using for time. We've had those conversations. Right. Some of these warehouse <laughs> and transportation logistics folks where, you know, mobile computers are being yeah. used heavily. They are really there's a lot of inertia when it comes to change. I mean, they just don't want to do it. Like they still don't got want... a brand name. It's been outdated for like 10 years on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. Look, look behind the scenes there. See yeah. what they're all about but it, but this is a, a really important first question yeah it's basic it's coming out of the gate but you got to have a good understanding of it yeah, i definitely. agree stan well and i also think too you know we talk a lot about android obviously these days mm -hmm. a lot of you know yep. where android is the mobile device recommendation for enterprise for the most part as it is but you also hear a lot about a lot of devices that say hey we are going to be android compatible for the next several iterations of right. android well part of that also means that the security is going to be evolving along the way every time android puts out a new version they're updating security they're they're you know doing what needs to be done to combat new elements mm -hmm. of security risk out in the world. Really important. So uh, that's, again, part of that same conversation. Like, hey, I'm, I'm glad you want to have a device that's going to run a long time. You know, I'm going to recommend this because it's going to keep up with all of Android's updates yep. along the way. Yep. And then this is the cyber, the security aspect of it that I want to bring into the picture mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, good, very good starting question there. All right, next question then. Do you have a cybersecurity policy? And this is one that sounds to me like it should be a no-brainer, but I'm guessing it's probably yeah. a lot more open-ended than it should be. <laughs> yeah, again, it's a loaded question, right? It's more of a, a discovery question. Uh, most, but not all, companies have some sort of security policy, and they should, right? Um, but you, know, you might actually get an answer back where they say, no, we, we don't. Um, and that's just more opportunity for you to uh, continue the conversation and then start to ask them some questions about, all right, well, um, how do you think you might respond if, if you were the victim of a cybersecurity attack or ransomware that you were talking about before, which is you know, now really popular in warehouse in, in DC. Uh, but you gotta understand, all right, well, you know, where are they at? Where are they at in their evolution? Do they have a policy or not? And if they do, 
what is it, right? So keep peeling that layer of the, the onion back to understand more about where they're at and identify the opportunities to maybe make some recommendations or just ask some follow-on questions. Like for example, uh, a good follow-on question to that would be, all right, does your policy uh, require that you make use of the best available security? Uh, John and Dean, you were just talking about Android and how it works and Android version compatibility. I will tell you that most people do not understand that the only way to get the best available security on Android is in the most current Android version. Let me explain what that, that means a little bit. Okay. So if, um, if your device isn't compatible with a future version or you skip over an Android version, maybe you go from eight to 10, just to, as an example, or, you know, you skip any Android version or you stop in an Android version. Whenever you're running that old version and then, you know, Google and the OEMs launch the, the newer version, you will not get the new security features that are in that, that latest, most current Android version. You physically cannot port the new security features onto an old Android version. That's just not how Android works. And that's a huge surprise to a lot of people. And that's, that, that's why, you know, going back to the device selection uh, or how long do you want to keep your devices in operation question, why that's so important. Uh, and it's all about educating the customer on these things. How long do you want to have it around? All right. And all right, if you're going to want to have this solution around for five years, we need to pick a device that's going to have each and every Android version with no gaps all the way through, you know, five plus years, however long they, they think they're going to need that, uh, that solution around. Plus that a few years for what you described, uh, you know, they might, they might tell you three years, but most people want to sweat these assets as long as possible and, uh, and not have to replace devices until there's, you know, they absolutely have to. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you think that you're ready to upgrade doesn't mean that your, your folks that put out the checks are, are ready to, mm -hmm. to put out the That's money right. to upgrade That's you. Right. Yeah. Well, what I like about this question, Stan, I think your, your part of it is, is awesome. I, th I think this also helps to start set the table around that conversation. Look, mm -hmm. if they don't have a strong policy around cybersecurity, well, you know that your work is a little bit harder now. You got to get much more into the education. Some of the things that I, you know, the, the stats that I threw at you at the beginning here, those are, you're going to have to start laying that foundation of why there is some importance around this, uh, not just today, but in into the future as well. And so, you know, mm -hmm. as you start to build that case, that business case around what it is your solution is going to offer, that's a really important question to yeah. ask. You know, you know, where it, do they stand? It, it reminded me of when you mentioned earlier, like some customers probably think to themselves, hey, what do what is anybody going to hack me for? What's right. the point of it? So I, the one that popped into my head, there's two that popped in my head when you said that, of hacks that were fairly big and substantial over the last decade or so. Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, okay, you can get some payment stuff there, I guess, mm -hmm. potentially. Mm -hmm. but then the other one I thought of was like MyFitnessPal. Do you remember that? Yeah. MyFitnessPal right. got hacked, mm -hmm. which is a company that probably is like, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I think they have like a paid version or something that you could potentially get some. But most of it was just about getting emails and passwords and some, you know, some secure information about individuals. Mm -hmm. And that stuff... I don't care. I, I don't care how important your app is or isn't, or how important your biz, business is or isn't, as far as you're concerned. That is information that your customers do not want out and about in the world mm -hmm. for any old person to get a hold of. I'm That's sorry, right. they don't. Right. Any kind, no matter how irrelevant you may think your business <laughs> is, how irrelevant the information you collect, it's information that your that 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 your business's customers 
assumed was secure and was not going to just go out into the dark web somewhere for someone to, true. to play around yeah. with. Yeah. It's, it'll always be a bad mark on your business, no matter what. Mm-hmm. No one likes to hear that, like, hey, we got hacked. Sorry. Someone might have your email. They might have your password. Oh, you use that password for 16 other sites, which is dumb, but, you know, sorry. <laughs> it you happens. Know, you better change that, but it happens Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So another another great question there. All right. Um, well, then let's get to the next question. Number three, what applications will you be using? Uh, why do we ask that question? Yeah, uh, this is important because, again, when you have software run on the device, it's not a install it and forget it uh, sort of thing, right? So you got to make sure that you understand what they're going to be running on the device. Uh, is it even the right application for them? And then whatever that that final selection is, do they have the plan and, and information, the knowledge that they need to to have in order to make sure that that software remains as secure as possible? So, uh, just uh, for example. Um, browser, right? So browsers are a really common application these days. Uh, and if a customer says, yeah, you know, I plan on using a uh, browser on my devices as the user interface into whatever operation they're doing, uh, well, ask them about what type of browser you can use. Are you, gonna, are you going to use a consumer grade browser or are you going to use an enterprise grade browser? And that's a really important thing to understand the difference between because with uh, an enterprise browser, you're able to get a whole nother level of security uh, with that, right? It's designed for enterprises, whereas, uh, you know, something, and, and nothing against Chrome or the other browsers that are, that are out there, they're, they're great browsers, uh, but they don't have the same level of security and whitelist, blacklist features that uh, you can get with an enterprise grade browser. And this is one of those questions I think you really got to probe a little bit mm-hmm. on this because, uh, you know, devices today are multifunctional. You can do a lot with them. They're not just, you know, right. oh, it's a one trick pony. Right. No, they're coming with operating systems that do a lot. So I agree with you, Stan. I think you really got to probe here and ask, OK, I get how you're going to use the device and the solution that I'm presenting to you, whatever it is, asset mm-hmm. tracking or something like that. But are there any other applications do, that you think this device will be used for? You might unearth, just like what Stan just said. Oh, well, yeah, they're going to use browsers to get into the time clock or something like that. You know, and right, you did. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean you're going to be opening a browser right. on this device? I thought we were just doing this for asset tracking. Right. Oh, no. Oh, and then we've got this other application we we probably would load up on there, too, to enable whatever it is. So you got you got to ask those questions. Yeah, we you got, got our inner office chat that we like. Exactly. To use yeah. Maybe use there's some I am. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden you got like five applications in a browser that is yep. actually going to be used on that device that, oh, by the way, you need to be cognizant of because if you're going to offer a security solution you, you got to know these things you got to know what's going every on. one of those is a potential entry point 100 for, for a hack of yeah. some sort or printers we've talked about yep. that you know yep. okay is this device going to actually print something is you it know? connected to the internet anyway <laughs> it is oh guess what yeah. that's yeah, a yeah. that's a liability yeah oh i didn't know we were going to print from this device <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> That's yet another portal. So anyway, yeah. Well, I, you know. it, it reminded me also of this conversation we've had a few times in the past couple of months about strategic partnerships. And it made me think mm. of, so let's say there's a software play here also. Let's mm. say there is a, a company who's going to be providing one of these applications or some piece of software that is going to be a critical component of that business. This is where, again, you as a VAR want to make sure that you are partnered up with someone that has the same respect for security, maybe yep. that you do. If you've decided, hey, yep. this is part of who we are, we're going to embrace security, we're going to make sure it's part of all of our conversations. Yep. You don't want to be partnered up with a software company that's like, eh, yeah. whatever, you know, right. it's, it's secure enough, it's fine, yeah. you know. <laughs> 
Like <laughs> you, you want to know that you're partnering with somebody who also has that commitment to security. Hundred percent. And when they go in with you, can also explain their piece of that picture and how they're keeping all of your data and information secure as well. Yeah. yeah. So, Little due diligence there. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, last question then here, Stan. How will devices mm-hmm. be maintained? Um, again, another one I feel like is kind of a no-brainer, but at the same time, I can see why there's some potential security risks here. So why are we asking that one? Yeah, it, the devices and the and the software that's on them, right? So there's you got your break fix service contracts with mo- which most people understand, but you know, software requires maintenance, and and also again, it's the life of these things and supporting them goes way beyond just purchasing and receiving a device that has some software on it. You you have to configure the devices, you have to manage the firmware, you have to manage the applications, and as uh, firmware and application updates come out, you have to apply them. And you may also have to change your configuration of the devices over time as security policies change and uh, you know new things come out from uh, Android or wherever to improve the, the security. So well, it's just really important to understand, is your customer thinking about that? And if not, it's your opportunity to become more of a trusted advisor and get them thinking about these things and offer them solutions. Right, so each of, the, each of the things that I just mentioned, con- configuration, firmware management, application maintenance, all of those things are services and offerings for a VAR to provide, right? It doesn't have to go through an ISV necessarily. Uh, these, are, these are prepackaged solutions that uh, you can deliver. Absolutely. And they're so very critical, right? I mean, each one of those that he delineated is is critical uh, to the overall success of the security of a particular device and the overall health of that device into the future. You know, you might set it up and it's running day one, but as soon as day two, day three, whatever comes around and now other applications have been upgraded, man, you got to know that. So what is their what is their disposition as it relates to maintaining their hardware and, yeah. and what are those protocols? Well, I think about, uh, you know, I just upgraded my iPhone to mm-hmm. 14.5 or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, a week or two back. And there's already been another update with some security patches. Right. It. That stuff happens so rapidly. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll make an update, you'll make a change and think, Hey, we're good to go. And so there's, Oh, never mind. We actually created a security flaw and uh, or an exposure risk of some sort that happened because we did this. We've got to roll out another update on top of that. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but especially in this enterprise world, and especially if someone's relying on a VAR, you know, mm-hmm. a company to, to help them out and manage all this stuff, they may not realize that hey, that stuff's happening, and these updates need to be need to happen. They may oh, think, yeah. all right, we we did that update; it's the last thing we need to worry about, right? If you're staying on top of it for them and helping them out, and said, hey, you know, we just did this big update for you, but it turns out there was a couple, you know, security patches that have come along since. We're going to take care of that for you as well. Mm-hmm. It's, again, all part of that whole stickiness, stickiness thing, that yep. idea of, like, why yep. would I switch to someone else when these guys are always taking care of this stuff for me and mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Agreed. All right. Well, Stan, let's uh, let's give you a chance to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about Honeywell here because, obviously, you're here because Honeywell is known for, you know, being part of this security conversation and the, you know, understanding the importance of secure devices, secure software. So how are how are how are you helping VARs add security to their portfolio? What are what are you going out and telling them to, to make it easy for them to to jump into this and to make sure that this is part of their tech stack moving forward? Yeah. Uh, well, first I would say that Honeywell as a corporation has a very long history of security, and we have uh, very large teams of people that focus purely on security, right? So this isn't anything that that's new to us as a corporation. Uh, a lot of the 
big accounts that we we serve are in the most sensitive uh, areas that, that you can imagine, right? You know, Department of Defense, government, uh, you know, the, these are things that you just don't mess around with and, and you have to have the best security available. Um, and those, some of those things apply directly into our mobile computing solutions and uh, services and, and solution software from, from uh, our division here. Uh, we just re received some new certifications in DOD and, and government that are a real testament to what we're doing in security. Uh, and we try to make this as easy as possible for our, our VARs and our customers. And uh, Mobility Edge in particular is designed to be a platform for our VARs and, and customers to build on for years to come, including security. So uh, one of the things that we've been able to uniquely do with Mobility Edge is, is guarantee that you will receive the best available security through at least Android 12. I mentioned earlier, you know, explaining that the only way to get the best available security is on the latest Android version. So being able to remove uncertainty and, and guarantee to our customers, which by the way, we do through partnerships with Google and other technology providers, uh, partners of ours like Qualcomm, uh, we're able to do this, remove that uncertainty and guarantee that you're going to get uh, best available security each and every Android version through at least 12. Now, there's a lot of different elements to this and, and factors. That's, that's one of them. Uh, but that's you know, arguably one of the most important ones is just maintaining that firmware for as long as, as possible um, on the major versions, not just by applying patches to, to prior versions. If you need to apply a patch, you know, we support that too. Uh, we, we believe that customers should be able to manage their own destiny here. So we don't force people to upgrade Android versions. We, we do actually uh, provide patches and support for old Android versions, but we don't get you painted into a corner, right? We always make available to you the best available uh, security in Android versions. Uh, we also offer pre-packaged applications. I mentioned two popular ones a couple times already. I mentioned Launcher. I, I think I mentioned Launcher. Launcher is one of our um, added layers of, of protection. It's an application that runs on the device that um, actually adds security across your, your other applications. And, uh, and I described browser earlier. Uh, we have a whole portfolio of, of offerings and we're flexible and how we go to market with them as well. You know, we talked about the maintenance. Uh, it used to be that you would buy software, you'd be once and done. Uh, well, we, we actually do provide some perpetual software and that you can purchase maintenance as you go, or you can just do more of a subscription type service with, uh, uh, with the applications as well. So hey, we try to make it as easy as possible and we, we package these things up so that a VAR can simply um, you know, deliver them as as packaged to the end user and there's not integration that they have to get heavily involved with and, and you, you don't have to be an expert in these things either right so that's those are some of the things that we're doing to make it easier for the vars and, and john, as you said yeah. adding security to their portfolio absolutely and and john we've talked about this on the show before you know if you're a reseller lean on the vendors yeah. resources that they have out here honeywell with their mobility edge platform is is one of those yep. you know he just touched on it a little bit there but but if you if you get ingrained into what this 
particular platform can do for you as a reseller, oh my gosh, it can help you in so many ways, accelerating those deployments that, that are out there. I mean, again, lean on the resources that the good folks like Honeywell have done to make that easier for you. You can optimize your business performance. You can optimize your, your users' uh, performance as well by using this unified type of a platform uh, that is out there. We've mm -hmm. talked about extending the life cycles. Yes, what are we, we're good through a version 12 here at Honeywell on Android. Is that what you were saying, Stan? So, right. That's yeah, right. Th there you go. So we got extended life cycle now, right? That's yep. going to be rolling out there for a while. And then, of course, the strength of security that comes through a unified platform as well. I mean, I'm just telling you, you, you got to be in the know. You got to lean on your vendor partners out there, get know what their products are, and they can help you out a lot yeah. getting into this range. No VAR is an island. That's the, No VAR is an island. That's the lesson here. There's a okay. reason why nope. we have these relationships with vendors. There's a, reason, yep. re there's a reason why we exist. There's a reason why we have relationships with software companies. We're all one big group that want to get together so that when you go in front of a, a customer and present a solution, you know you've got the backing of all the best people out there in the channel to deliver well, that solution. And I get it. You know, if I'm a reseller, you know, and, and you're kind of, you're again, we talked about the hesitancy that they have even getting into this world. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's a lot of burden there. There's a lot of risks there. There's all these no's of why not to do it. But if you just learn a little bit about Mobility Edge and what the platform can do and how it can leapfrog you and yet still bring structure and security and safety to the whole mix, I mean, I think it's going to make you feel a lot better about yep. getting into that space. So you just got to know. You got to move right. forward. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think we brought some value to the bar with that. But before we get over to our regular value to the All bar right, section, sir. where we'll even dive in even deeper, I do want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, as always, here at the podcast, of which Honeywell is one. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for supporting our show and providing brilliant people like Stan to come on here and talk to us about these topics. Because trust me, it ain't Dean and I. No, we're, it's we're, not. We're not the experts. <laughs> You know, we can read some stuff and spit it back out, yeah. but it doesn't mean we actually know anything. No. Uh, but, of course, uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you have any thoughts about the show, first of all, if you like the show, uh, you know, tell us that you like it. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star mm -hmm. rating. Give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Might even read some of those on the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button. Leave a comment if you'd like to. Mm -hmm. uh, subscribe to the channel so you know when new stuff's coming. We have a lot of cool stuff we're doing right now. We we're do. doing a trivia show right Tons. now. We have cooking, cooking shows. shows. Come on. Yeah. We got a lot of engagement in this pandemic era. Exactly. All this cool, fun stuff we're doing right now that you can find on YouTube. So if you like this, subscribe and check out all that other stuff, too. And, of course, if you want to reach out to us, if you have any questions, thoughts, or, uh, you know, maybe you have some ideas for future episodes that you want us to dive into. I'm sure there's a lot more we could do on security in the future. You can reach out to us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also find us on uh, email, uh, TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right. Well, let's wrap things up with our recurring segments. And the first, of course, is value to the VAR. Uh, this is where we kind of try to take our conversation and wrap it up. I mean, again, this entire conversation, I think, has been valuable to the VAR because yep. the idea has been helping VARs understand how you can add security yep. into your tech stack and not be so you know intimidated by it or mm -hmm. scared of it. Mm -hmm. So, Stan, I'll let you start off here. You know, if there is anybody that's still hesitant about getting into security, they've heard all of this and go, eh, I still don't know if this is for me. What are one or two simple things you think they could do right now either to maybe help them make that decision or or just get started with at least one of their customers? Yeah, and you know, recognizing the importance of security for the, the VAR and the customer is, is sort of the prerequisite here. And all you got to do is get online and do a couple of searches and, and you can pretty quickly see just how important security is. 
And um, the, the good news is that, you know, even if you, you read all that and then you get freaked out, you can actually take a deep, relaxing breath because while security is very important and it may be new to you as a VAR, you don't actually have to be a security expert to get started, right? Uh, you can start by just creating a list of questions. Some of the things that we, we had talked about earlier about having, you know, having that discussion with your, your customer about uh, how long they want their solutions to be around, what, what's their cybersecurity policy, you know, start that conversation and, and gather the information. And you don't have to know exactly what the, the best solution for them is on the spot. If you do, that's great. But, uh, you know, Honeywell has a lot of resources available. Uh, our people are our best assets. Our sales engineers are our, our great assets. We work with, with you to come up with what those optimal solutions are for, for each of the customers. Awesome. Yep. Those are good ones. Uh, you know what I would say, you know, anyone who's hesitant out there, because I get it, you know, I, we, we've talked about it. I understand that whole part, but one, what I would offer two things that I would offer, learn about the offerings that are out there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hammer on it one more time. Vendors have resources. When you have something like the mobility edge product, uh, dude, that is getting you so far down the field of where you need to be mm -hmm. and what you can offer your, your end users, your customers, as it relates to solutions and a unified platform. It's there. You just got to learn about it. Ask the questions. Number two, I would say become a practitioner. I know this sounds a little weird, but I, back in the day when I, when we, you know, I was with a company that started getting into digital signage, we didn't, we knew it about it, but we didn't understand it. So what did we do? We actually hung digital signage in our area, in our text area, right. so that it was running 24 seven and, and everybody could become very comfortable with what it is exactly we're doing. So get a mobile device, have it sitting around your office with all the security put on to it and and use it become a practitioner with it therefore you'll see you know what how how is the security being thwarted what does it look like when something happens to it those types of things just you just got to get in you yep. got to get in and understand it in order to move forward with yep. it and i'm always a big fan of like doing your research and having what we just talked about there, having some of the statistics in your back pocket, you right. can pull out and just go to somebody and say, hey, did you know this costs this? Did you know that mm -hmm. if this happens, it's going to do this to your business and you might have to pay this amount to even survive this? Mm -hmm. Are you prepared for that stuff? Yeah. That's great. That's great talking points. It, you know, it's not the idea to, to scare and intimidate people. No, do you it, don't want to do help that. them understand, like, look, you know, I, I, I'm talking to you about this for a reason because here's some things I came across. I'm sure this is stuff that weighs on you and that you're potentially concerned about. So let's start working together and talk about how we can figure this out. Absolutely. Remove the fear factor. Don't use fear. You know, everybody understands it. Just have an honest conversation with them and, and right. have some data behind to back it up. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up then with our favorite segment of every week. What's tech connecting with you? All right. Uh, this is where we talk about something in the world of technology, science, innovation, something that's caught our attention. We're either using or playing with, read about, think is just pretty cool and interesting. Uh, Stan, I'll let you start. What's tech connecting with you right now? Actually, I'm experiencing it as we speak. So uh, I've been playing around with my home network and, and Wi-Fi 6. I uh, not that long ago was not real happy with the connectivity in my home and my literally 50 plus devices that I have on my network. So I upgraded it to Wi-Fi 6 and, and I've actually tr tested it and been playing around in two different homes now. And uh, I think it's been pretty great. The, you know, the, the range and the speeds have almost doubled from my old network. So that's been fun and exciting. You know, it's always good when it works. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. What product yeah. are you using again, Stan? I'm sorry, I missed that. 
Wi-Fi six. So my home network Wi-Fi net Wi-Fi network. I, I yeah. upgraded from the the old Wi-Fi protocol to uh, got it. A network that's capable of doing Wi-Fi six. Yeah. Not all of my devices are on Wi-Fi six yet, but uh, but in upgrading the the routers. Yeah, I've doubled in speed and and I I don't run into issues with too many devices. You've awesome. convinced me because I'm with you. I've got I don't know. I've got the the uh, Google you know Wi-Fi. No 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 no. I'm not there. But it's it's alarming because you know they've got the little UI you right, can open the right. dashboard. And yeah. It shows you how many devices yeah. at any one <laughs> time, bro. There's a like 28 devices on our network. It's like where do all these Especially come if you from? Have kids. And then you just sit. You just go down the list and count them all up. They're all yeah. I get it. You know yeah. we got a Roku stick over here. You got yep. whatever iPad for the kid yep. over here and it, they just all add up the printer you yep. know you just don't think about it and all of them are kind of eating a little bit at your at your bandwidth yep. so Wi-Fi 6 okay yep. you sold me I'm in maybe we'll go there <laughs> way to go <laughs> all right we'll Dean, do the upgrade Dean what's tech connecting with you all right direct energy attacks have you ever heard of these I have not okay so apparently this is one of those things that's like why isn't this making a little bit more news? So a direct energy attack is like uh, when using microwave technology to attack, you know, well, like, you know, whatever, an infrastructure or something like right, that. Right. But the report that recently came out, <laughs> apparently there has been possibly two instances of direct energy attacks on U.S. soil uh, at the at the White House. So, and, and these are similar to, uh, I'm just going to read this, while many details are unknown, the incidents mirror a series of suspected attacks on U.S. diplomats in Cuba and China in okay, recent years. Okay, I haven't years. heard about that. I was wondering if that was connected. Okay, and so those, you know, what, what happened there is, you know, people that got attacked at those, at those, uh, whatever, those, uh, the, our Embassies, U.S. diplomats. Think, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. They had brain fog, acute headaches, uh, uh, staff with, you know, nervous attacks and stuff mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Okay, well, this is kind of serious, but apparently they're they're investigating two possible direct energy attacks right here on U.S. soil, uh, and one of them aimed at the White House. It's like, really? Thanks. Isn't this a little bit bigger news than? <laughs> I mean, isn't this this is like that w white van that just drives by? Yeah, and yeah. It's got the microwave yep. attack, and then everybody in the White House just becomes huh. <laughs> or, or uh, some might say that's how they all are anyway. Well, that's true. Well, I'm, I'm tabling that, but seriously, that's right. like what was going on here? Direct energy attacks? I, it wasn't on my radar, but apparently, we need to be uh, very nuts. aware of that. Yeah, I do remember reading about the like the, the embassy attacks where people like and they they you know it took them a long time to try to kind of understand what was going on. They still don't quite a hundred percent get what right. happened, but yeah, it was causing people to get sick, yeah. to have you know some neurological issues. Yes. Just like kind of scary stuff that yeah, you know, yeah. like what, how's that being weaponized? Hey, Stan, maybe we need to fold this into that cybersecurity, you know, solution is how to thwart <laughs> direct totally energy security. Attacks. Yes, yes, holy <laughs> moly! Yes. Reached to the yeah. to that point though that that might explain the entire state of U.S. politics. Maybe it just there you know, it is. Maybe we're just, yeah, you know, it was a direct energy attack the whole time. They're all on everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's tech connecting with you? Well, uh, okay, so since we've been talking about security, I kind of wanted to talk a little about, and I mentioned Apple's 14.5 uh, update. Yep. Uh, in that update, they added a, a new feature called App Tracking Approval. App tracking approval, which has Got had it. some buzz going on. There was right. a lot of attention about it before it happened. And now it's out oh, there. Oh yeah! And it's, so the idea behind this is that you know, as it stands, apps can track your movements and deliver you know targeted advertising to you as you move around the web or through other apps potentially. Mm -hmm. Well, Apple's always you know been 
conscious of security and understanding like, hey, people don't like this. So they've put a new feature where, you know, when you update, I think it's automatically turned on where now apps can no longer do that. Or, or if you turn it off, they have to ask for your permission. They have to tell you what they're going to potentially yep. use your data for, what they want to track mm-hmm. uh, and why they want to track it, what they're going to do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you ch- when you update, it's automatically defaulted to being on, which again, I'm fine with it. It's one of those things I just don't care about. I've made some gags before on the show about how <laughs> for some reason when I go to different websites, I get advertisements for, you know, like young women's fashionable clothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I promise and you- that's not your profile. There's No, there's, I, 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 <laughs> there's a great many things I can assure you that I'm doing on the web that are weird and, you know, like, you know, I'm spending way too much time maybe looking at like Star Wars memes or something, right, you know. Right. But you know, even though I'm a guy who's in touch with this feminine side, I don't spend a lot of time shopping for fashionable <laughs> women's clothing. I just don't, you know, unless I'm buying something for my wife. So it's a bit of a miss, right. right? So I don't know where it's getting me from anyway. So I have no particular interest in being having my information tracked and delivering these personalized ads. Yeah. Now, of course, Facebook was one company that was very mm-hmm. upset about this. You mm-hmm. know, that's half of their business model Duh. is all about you know yeah, right? getting your information and tracking you across the web and delivering uh-huh. ads yep. to you. Yeah. But you know, so so folks like Zuckerberg and etc a claim like hey if we do this then companies are going to either have to start charging more for ad revenue ad revenue in order because advertisers may not want to sure. you know use them anymore yeah. if they know that like their apps are are not going to be able to track and deliver ads mm-hmm. for their services mm-hmm. uh, there's concerns that maybe like hey are they get our apps going to start charging you maybe free apps that otherwise didn't or charge you for services or to higher amounts than before so they can compensate for that it's one of those things that I feel like we always get, they get scared about this and yet nothing ever actually does seem to change. You mm-hmm. know, like it, mm-hmm. that, and I feel like along the way, they'll figure out another way to track us and get our info anyway. Maybe, and, maybe. And still target maybe. us. But I, I do appreciate this step in that direction. Just, I do too. Just now being that, able to turn it off. Now that you mention it, because I've gotten some pop-ups on my phone now that, that have indicated, hey, yep. this particular app, and, and they, they're they wording it in such a way that you really need to stay yes. focused. They want to so, sell you on it, yes. Well, one of them was like, hey, this app has tracked you, I think that's the word they use, 119 times over the last short time frame. I forget what the, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why the hell is it doing right, that? Right. Disallow, disallow. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, that so and then the, the app providers, the companies themselves that are making them also are required to tell you why they think it's a good idea for you to turn that back on. Mm-hmm. So like I opened up McDonald's, for instance, to order something off their app. Oh, and we won't like, know where you are, I know. John. Well, it, yeah. it wasn't even that because the, the oh. location thing is something even entirely different. But they oh. were like, hey, would you like to turn this back on so we can make sure that we're showing you all the best new food and deals that McDonald's has no matter where you are on the web? I'm like, no, I can come to your app and find that at any time. It's okay. I don't need to know that filet fish is on sale when I'm over here on Google <laughs> Doing something for work, you know. I just don't. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, it's okay. Interesting. So, I like. I appreciate the step too. I, I do. I approve yeah. of it. I appreciate it. I'm sure some folks will find a work around it, and it's probably not going to result in this, you know, catastrophic right. increase in, yeah. in prices on everything. Is that you know, as as Facebook and other companies think it will. But yeah, you know, cry me a river. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's tech connecting with us. Uh, it is time, unfortunately, for us to unplug for the day. Stan Zwicky, thank you so much for thank joining you, Stan. us. We appreciate your insight. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. All right. All right. So until the future, it is time for us to uh, unplug. Uh, For Dean Reverman, I'm John Martin. Until next time, stay connected. Fast, reliable scanning is a must for any industry. That's why Honeywell's number one barcode scanner is the Xenon XP series, known for class-leading durability and reliability in any environment. In particular, the 1952G cordless area imaging scanner captures difficult, damaged, and smartphone barcodes in any environment. 
But now the Xenon XP is even better with FIPS certification. FIPS 140-2 certification is the government standard for encrypting devices that transmit info wirelessly. It's perfect for government healthcare facilities or anywhere that sensitive data needs to be kept secure. To learn more, contact your Blue Star Honeywell representative.